First, we come for your movie stars. Next, we come for your movies. Welcome to Humans vs. Air the Movie, and today I'm joined by Jamie Jackson. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Glenn. How are you doing? Yes, not too badly. Let's uh, get right into it. What do you do apart from the, the comedying and the podcasting? Oh, it's very boring. Thrill me with your boredom. Let, let's try and imagine, what is the most boring job? Paint-drying technician. Um, Close. Right. It's uh, project management. You don't actually have the excitement of watching the paint dry yourself, but you do organise the structure so that people can watch the paint drying in the most efficient way possible. Yeah, correct. I'm a facilitator of other people's dreams. That's what I am. That sounds wonderfully horrible yeah i can now see why you also do the the comedy at least you have a lifeline well i have the, i used to have this whole bit about how um because i was in bands as well beforehand and bands was my main dish right like calamari and then the side dish was office work which was the zaxiki and then i ran out of calamari and then i just started eating the zaxiki and then one day i was like oh look i'm the zaxiki man but i'm not on the calamari guy and essentially saying that, that that office work has just consumed my life by accident. When your side dish becomes your main dish, that you, you do feel hungry quite a lot of the time. Yeah, so I'm now the Zaxiki man, office worker, and um, I eat calamari on the weekends. There we go. <laughs> that is the wor- well, you know. worst analogy ever, but we got there. I don't know. Tzatziki and calamari, it's getting me quite peckish, to be honest. So, uh, here's a film podcast. Uh, let's talk about the sort of films that you love and the sort of films you hate to see how well you're going to be served by the prompts this evening. I am someone who seems to hate a lot of films, but I think that's because I'm quite picky. Um, okay. Let's start with the hate, because that's always more interesting. Well, if you say you hate almost all films, this section could be very long in the podcast. <laughs> well, I, you say that, but I've written down a lot of films that I love, and, and the list ended okay. up being quite long. Um, okay. But, but in terms of genres, I don't think there's a superhero movie that I like. I hate them all, mm-hmm. uh, including the Batman, Christopher Nolan ones. Don't like them. It's about a man who dressed up as a bat. I'm not interested. Fair enough. There's a lot of other main kind of mainstay films that people love that I hate. I, I watched The Notebook. Uh, and I just, right. I people were warning me that I would cry. I don't mean to sound dead inside, but I didn't get it. So your worst idea would probably be like Ryan Gosling as a weepy superhero. Yeah, <laughs> correct. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I thought Deadpool was all right, actually. There you go. I'll, I'll give you that one. Deadpool was okay. Yeah. I've watched a lot of superhero movies, considering I don't like them, just to prove myself right. Do you have kids? I do, actually. And they watch a lot of Marvel and those kind of yeah. things. I have a, a, a mother with her dementia. She's going back for the, the toddler stages. So I put her to bed watching The Aristocrats on Disney Plus this evening. Oh, very so nice. So I'm, uh, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm watching a lot more Disney these days. She doesn't seem to be able to stomach much well, else. It, uh, what sort of films do you love well, then, if you're picking? Okay, The Lost Boys is one, the vampire film, yes. of course. Um, Joel Schumacher before nipples became a problem. Joel Schumacher before he did uh, Batman and Robin. He put the the nipples on the outside of the suits, didn't he? Because he did Batman oh, wait, Forever that was first. The, that was the reference. Okay, right. Yeah, I was trying yeah. to find. I was trying to think about where the nipples were in Lost Boys. I assume most of them had them. I don't know if we saw Jason Patrick and Keith Sutherland and Alex Winter's nipples. Uh, there was a lot of homoeroticism. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and then swingers. You're so money. Baby, you don't yeah. realise how money you are. Cor- Everybody quotes that movie and, and can't really remember it. Um, First, he- very early appearance from Heather Graham at the end, as I recall. Yes, that's right. He, She is the love interest at the end. Yeah. Another big one that I love is um, Dead Poets Society. 
having been an English teacher in the past, <laughs> Is it exactly like very that? tempted to get people to jump up on their desks, but the health and safety nightmare for that, you know. Yeah, oh, Captain, my Captain. And then, um, of course, exactly. that's, that's a Peter Weir film, and he also did another of my favourites, which is The Truman Show. Uh, he also did Witness with Harrison Ford, and he did Fearless with Jeff Bridges. I love all of those. And his, mm-hmm. his kind of uh, idea of mysticism and magic in ordinary life I, I I love it. So that's so I so I do ask people if there's a film that not enough people have seen that they should. So would you say one of those? Like um, I remember watching Fearless and not making my way through it. That's the one where he's on a plane, right? And then he he survives a plane crash. He survives and yeah. uh, with about two other people, and then he's kind of convinced he's uh, invincible, and the and God has chosen him. Um, but, right. but really, he's just having a complicated PTSD breakdown. But then obviously, eventually kind of overcomes that. I thought it was very magical, but you turned it off halfway through. Fair enough. I mean, it depends. I also watch a lot of movies with Fran, and as she would definitely put sand sharks in her top ten, it's not the sort of <laughs> film that she will sit through. Um, okay, i tell you what, another one that I, I need to mention is uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which cannot be yes. underestimated for how Hollywood great it is. Is that Morgan Freeman in a fairly early role as well as like Correct. The, the the friends? That's prob- probably yeah. his big breakout role, perhaps. I, I yeah. could be showing my naivety there. Um, the, the telescope with the two glass balls and the tube. Yeah, and he and he um, he he does a cesarean at the end. Uh, he does a cesarean in the middle of the film, and and uh, the woman's fine, even though it's in a dirty woods where she would clearly die of an infection. Be said, I don't think anyone is ever going to be Alan Rickman's Sheriff of Nottingham in that film as a villain. The, the, there is folklore about that where he only took the role if he said, I can do exactly what I want with it. And he went crazy with it, stole the show. Apparently Kevin Costner was very angry because he, he <laughs> is the star. And um, it's just so good. I mean, there's a waterfall in the middle of the uh, Nottingham Forest. They walk from Dover to Nottingham in uh, half a day. Um, there's just so much unbelievableness. He's got an American accent. It's brilliant. Was it Christian Slater turns up as Will Scarlet at one point? Yeah, yeah. You uh, know, uh, but actually, it's not that bad as a as a turn your brain off action movie. It's it's pretty good. And without it, we wouldn't have had um, Robin Hood Men in Tight. So there's that to thank it for as well. Yeah. Well, I, t- I tell you, I tell you what. I think I honestly think it's kind of one of the best Hollywood blockbuster action films there is. Fearless, I wasn't on board, but as a recommendation, I will I will echo your Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. So it is going to be a bit of a mixed bag for you this evening, I'm afraid. We're not doing anything of the stuff that you really hate, but we're not necessarily doing stuff that you really love either. That, that's okay? most films. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the film type is a found footage movie. Think Blair Witch Project, think okay. Paranormal Activity. It doesn't have to be one one of those. There was that film with Jake Gyllenhaal in where it was mostly told through um, body cam footage of police officers. There's things There's like Clo- uh, Searching, which is a thriller of someone looking for their kid on the internet, and it's like internet screens. Yeah, there's Cloverfield. Sorry, I, I talked over you there, but Cloverfield is uh, uh, the monster that comes out of the sea. That's found yes. footage. At the moment, it, it sort of does skew horror, but it doesn't have to be. The ring was also found footage, um, technically. Well, they found the footage. I don't know if the whole film was found footage. No, I suppose not. F- found footage is a theme in it. 
I mean, you could stretch it for the ring if you want to. I would think of it more as like, you know, when music's diegetic, it appears in the scene that at least a substantial part for this has to has to consist around uh, footage that is found and pieced together. You can have a framing device and stuff like that if you want you to. You just use the word diegetic, and I'm not even going to pretend I understand what that is. I don't, like I just explained, like if there's a film and somebody turns on the radio and you hear the music, that's diegetic. Oh, okay. All right. If it's a soundtrack and it's not um, brought on by um, something that's understood. in there. Yeah. Sorry. No, don't worry. I should come with subtitles, but it's difficult on a podcast. I was, I was actually going to Google it while she was talking, and then I thought, no, that's a cheat. I'll just, I'll just yeah. admit it. Right. The location is a billionaire super yacht. I like it. With that, obviously, you've got Jeff Bezos in mind, but he's not the only billionaire in the world. It's not the only super yacht. But think one of those yachts that's so big that it has to have its own yacht following it as for the support staff. Yeah. The action sequence is a food competition. Doesn't happen that often in movies, but you've got like the God of Cookery, where it all has this cooking competition at the end. The first weird Netflix Christmas twins movie with Vanessa Hudgens all built up towards a cookery competition. Yeah. Ratatouille, does that count? That was about food, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like a big cooking set piece. And I guess he's competing against the critic, isn't he, in that? to try and get a good review for the restaurant when no one else has managed to. All right, I'm trying to work out how these are going to gel together, but okay. Uh, the profession is curator of the Ealing Dollhouse Museum because whenever I'm on a 297 bus, I always go past the Dollhouse Museum that's near Haven Green in Ealing, and I think, A, who sets up a Dollhouse Museum, and then B... I am never, ever going into that place because that's like an invitation for a horror movie. You see a doll's house museum and that's it. Why would you ever go there? Creepy. Why risk it? I don't like puppets. I don't like ventriloquist dummies. I don't like dolls. It doesn't have to be horror, uh, but maybe that's a horror-adjacent character you can have. The random object is a fidget spinner. Okay, I have a house full of them. Let's get on to our first section, which is the setup. So it could be that your main character is a curator of a doll museum. It could be that they're a lowly member of staff. It could be that they're a security camera person. With it being found footage, we have to work out how we're seeing this person. I'd like it to be him. Yes. Um, Just so I can relate, I would like it to be a projectionist in a cinema. He can be a cinema projectionist. Why is he the subject of this footage that's been found? Because another character in our movie is the camera. So why is the camera following this projectionist? Perhaps he is archiving old film as part of his job and somebody is making a film about the fact that he's archiving old film. I mean, it could even be that he films a YouTube channel, right? There's YouTube channels for... Everything. Glenn, I love the I love the way it's immediately gone off the road, and you've gently brought me back. So yes, okay, let's 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 make him a YouTuber. Can he not be a YouTuber and his job is a projectionist? Yes, he's a projectionist, and maybe he's serious about the the history of film, or maybe he's like um, film restoring and things like that. So he's working within the cinema, but then because he can do the background, then it looks quite good in the off hours that he's there, you know, he records his YouTube stuff. There's also CCTV cameras that 
you know, look in because it's a place of work as well. Yes, I agree. That's good. So does he do movie reviews because he sees all of the latest movies and things like that? You know, like from the Productionist booth? Yes, but I like... The... Or is he like film restoration? Is he film history? Well, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he... film history, This is which is why I went with archiving originally. Okay. I just got a feeling he's like into old, oldie-woldie film. Top 10 things you wouldn't believe about the texture of Truffaut's work. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, look, look, guide me. Okay, I'm, I'm saying yes. The top 10 red things in art house movies. The red balloon. The red shoes. Raise the red lantern. And seven others. Yes. I could think of three art house movies with red in. Well done. That's good. Three colours red. That's That's four. I don't know. I don't know anything about art house movies, but this guy does. Well, what do you know about? As he's your character, you said that you want him to be a film historian, and you want him to be male so that you can feel it. it's your movie. I like the idea of him filming himself doing his job. I don't know if you watch certain YouTube videos, which are just people doing stuff, and you watch them do it. They're not even really talking to the camera. You get it very much on TikTok Live. People just doing something and you watch them for ages. I have moved on from Dr Pimple Popper. I'm now watching Dr Hoof, who is the person that scrapes out infected hooves of cattle. Oh, jeez. I'm a big I'm a big grass man. I watch people fixing lawns, seeding lawns, golf lawns as well. Um, yep. Yeah, it's, it's, there's something incredibly interesting about something so incredibly boring. I think so maybe he's like an ASMR thing. And it's like he puts up the click, 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 click of the old style film going through the projection. It's like, and for this thing, you're going to hear the sound of rear window because that's filmed on 70 millimetre and it's got a little bit of a different sound to a 35 millimetre print or a super film print. You've extracted it out of me. I had that's the kind of vision I had in in my head. He's filming his YouTube interspersed by camera footage of the security camera. In a way, we're wondering why all of this stuff has been collated together, especially as this seems to be the unedited video. It doesn't seem to be like the the proper branded thing. Um, do we have anyone else coming in at this point, like his boss or a girlfriend or a boyfriend that visits him? Uh, while he's working and doing his videos? I like the idea of um, somebody coming in, not talking to him and giving him something every now and again, whether it be pushing in a trolley, whether it be files, whether it be something. We don't know what they are and right. he takes them. But the, you never see the person's face. Right. But you can tell it's a, uh, let's go with a woman. Okay. And The reason I'm saying having another character here is that we are probably going to have to get out of this projectionist room <laughs> because he does have to ha- go to a super yacht and there does have to be a cooking competition. Yeah, I know. I'm already stressed. I'm already which, stressed about which it. Which, while putting a super yacht in a projectionist room and having a competition there at the same point, we'll say that this is the setup, right? In the complication, we'll address those things. What is this guy's fatal flaw? He is deeply socially anxious. Right. He shuts himself away from other people. He has this little bubble, which is the projection room. Exactly. I'm sure all projectionists are which, that. Which can be demonstrated of like how he reacts negatively to people that are coming in and just doing stuff that they should do normally, but they're interrupting his filming. And when he talks to the camera, it's a very different relationship to like, the, oh, mom, God. He's a little bit OCD as well. Yeah. Don't just this. Leave my stuff alone. This is my little space. Yeah. I have said from the hours of 10 to 12 that I am to be left alone and there is to be nothing but silence. That That's basically what I just said to my family. Right. Uh, about this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you want to hear what the setup was for the AI? Yes, please. 
A group of friends who work as curators of the Ealing Dollhouse Museum are invited to a billionaire's super yacht for a weekend of fun and relaxation. They are greeted by the billionaire's charming assistant, who gives them a tour of the luxurious vessel and introduces them to the other guests, including a famous chef, a renowned critic, and a mysterious investor. The friends are impressed by the lavish amenities and the exquisite cuisine, but they also notice some strange things, such as cameras everywhere, locked doors, and a fidget spinner that seems to have a mind of its own. Oh, God, he's good. He's good. It's good. Yeah, so the AI has dealt with fidget spinner, billionaire's yacht, dollhouse curators, has hinted at the cooking competition with the cuisine, and... And the found footage, because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, fine, but it doesn't have the pressure of being human. Stupid thing, right? Okay. What we have... Is depth and character and emotion. And maybe found footage in a situation where we can't really set the rest of the film. They're at four and a half. We're kind of like at half at the moment. Yeah, Glyn, has anyone done it as badly as this? I feel like I've mucked up from the beginning. Listen, it's got all of the stuff out of the gate... But it's not a tick box thing, right? As you're saying, there's not a lot of character development. It's ticked off a lot of boxes, but what else is it going to do? We're going to head somewhere with this. We've got an arc. So let's move on to our second situation, which is the complication. Complication. Do you want to say the obvious thing or do you want me to say the obvious thing and then you develop it? I'll say the obvious thing, which right. is he is invited to. Yes. <laughs> I'm Nick, I am Nick. I am nicking the idea from the computer. He's invited to the Ealing Dolls House by the curator, who I think, for interesting purposes, is the female version of him. Okay. Right? So she she's very she's very much into Dolls Houses. She's very much into her own little space. She's social actress as well. She I don't know. Um, invites for me. Over. That was not the obvious answer at all. I like oh. it. We're going to oh. go with it. For me, the obvious answer would have been to move to the billionaire super yacht because there's cameras everywhere and maybe we could have it that the billionaire was actually a big fan of this person's ASMR videos or so it seems. That's too close to the AI. (laughs) Let's deal with how we get to the billionaire super yacht later. For now, let's go to a doll museum. I like it. Yes, correct. And he is filming himself in the doll museum and because she is a fan of his videos, she understands what he's doing and doesn't mind having is she also a youtuber does she also have the dollhouse proud youtube co- channel co- where correct. she shows she, how she to will. make like tiny furniture yes that's that's exactly what she is she's the female version of him he's his soulmate and she's just down the road i've worked out a way we can fit in the billionaire super yacht later that's fine Good. remember the cloud of the cooking competition is still hanging over us i understand i think the way we're going to do it is she has an invite to this billionaire's super yacht. No, 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 no. We're keeping this small. Super yacht is what the AI is doing. What we're doing is we're doing a, a love story through YouTube tutorials, okay, uh, based okay. around a projection room and a doll's house museum. Okay? But we still have to get to the super yacht at some point, surely. I have, I have a cheeky out for the super yacht. That's fine. We can deal with it later. But... I just want you to bear the cooking competition in mind, right? I would say this maybe is still part of the setup. Either the big complication can be that she says, I am planning to make a doll's house that's like a cinema, but I want to have an accurate idea of how to make a tiny projector. Can you come and advise on it? 
and that's the complication that he invites her to meet him. Or... No, no, I like that, but go on. Or you could double down with that and you could have... Well, no, no, let's keep it as that. I, I have ideas for later of how to deal with the cooking competition and how to deal with the billionaire super yacht thing. I don't think I've started off well. This is a mess. We're on a we're on a trajectory into a complete random idea. But look, this is the, I guess this is the point. Feeling our way through. That's fine. It's absolutely fine. You're telling something different. Let's tell a different story from the AI. It's doing the most obvious thing. I don't think with those prompts, many other people would have said, let's set it in a projectionist room and actually in the dollhouse museum when a billionaire super yacht was on there. And then that's the human element, right? That's the originality. Let, let's bear down a little bit into these characters. So okay. what is our main character's name? Maybe who would play them in the film? Uh, and then the same for the female character. What's her name and potential casting? I'm going with the name Rupert. Okay. Does he need a second name? I, I quite like... No. You know what You know what I really like, in fact? But we're not going to do that because we said Rupert already. But I really like films where you never find out the main character's name. Well, then that's fine. They don't need to be named, but we do need to see them. No, sure. But let's let's call him Rupert. Okay, we'll call him Rupert. He needs to be played by somebody who is a little bit... um, Like Nicholas Holt doing his nebbish thing? Do we want someone that is Hollywood but can can act like a loser? Or do we want Mm. like a a young Timothy Spall type? Timothy Spall's a good shout, actually. No, not Nicholas Holt. Um, Yeah, but you've mentioned two British people there. Um, Let's go with Timothy Spall because... He's brilliant, and um, I really liked him in um, that that sitcom he did. Uh, yeah, it called Dave versus Life or something. What was it called? Um, his son, Rafe Spall. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was thinking of Rafe Spall. Let's no, no, go with Rafe Spall. I was thinking of his his father, who was like Peter Pettigrew in the Harry Potter movies. Yes, who was was also in Alvida's Same Pet. Yeah. I'm showing my age there, but yeah. Why don't we de-age him? They did it with De Niro in The Irishman. We will have de-age <laughs> Timothy Spall in his Alfreda Sane pet heyday of his late 20s as our main character. Okay, good. Let's do it. I mean, it's all AI anyway. It'll be soon. We'll just be able to say, I want Timothy Spall, age 29. Uh, yeah. So we have a young Timothy Spall. Who is our, our girl? I think it should be... Um... A young Brenda Blethyn. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, um, what's her name? Kate Blanchett. Isn't she a bit too ethereally beautiful? Can we just stick a prosthetic nose on her or something? I don't know. Yeah, that's what they normally do in Hollywood to make someone ugly, don't they? They just um, stick a stick a nose on them, what? give them um, a terrible haircut. Tilda Swinton. She has okay. kind of like a Kate Blanchett quality, but she can certainly ugly herself up, as was seen in Suspiria. Oh, blimey! Yes, you're you're, you're right. They are um, they are very similar. They're uh, of a type, okay. but she's. She's very much like the little version of the Waitrose. <laughs> I'm sure she'll be chuffed a bit. The little version of acting of quality, they, they, they are matched. Um, yeah, okay. If somebody told me I was a little George Clooney, I would be more than made up for that. That's never really going to happen for me. That's true. Me, me too, actually. Um, okay, let's go for her. She's good. She's nice and... Um... Oh, no. Or Who played um, Alpha in Walking Dead? She was good. I have zombie fear. I'm fine with most oh. horror movies, but the idea of your body being co-opted that uh, Snowden's secret of man is meat after all from <laughs> Catch-22 becoming an all-pervasive thing. I don't mind the gore. The idea of zombies 
absolutely horrifies me. I have a friend who's like that. He's only scared of zombies. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's never going to happen. It's the mental exercise where you put yourself into the, the film, right? I just, I don't yeah, like okay. it. Well, let's go with Tilda then. All right. Only because I don't know the name of the actress as well. But but that's because I haven't watched a lot of Walking Dead, uh, to be fair. I can, for the sake of the podcast, because people are going to be listening now and going, I want to know who it is. Um, it's, uh, she's Samantha Morton. Oh, yes. Who was the uh, AI person in... Um... Minority Report. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But no, look, we, we said Tilda. I, I think Tilda Swinton's good. Let's let's hold on to Samantha Morton, because uh, we may have a, a, another character that is coming in. Okay. So is this our complication then? Just that she has asked him to leave his his quiet little ordered setup and actually meet him in real life that we sort of see exchanges maybe there's a zoom call maybe that he's you know reads an email and we've got a picture of the the phone message or whatever it is because i like the idea of him him live streaming himself almost yeah he can get the phone call from her whilst live streaming yeah and she's invited him down to the dollhouse museum maybe he does asmr on twitch or something as well right yeah, exactly. That's our complication. Let's hear what the complication was for the AI. The billionaire reveals that he has organized a food competition for his guests, and that the winner will receive a generous prize. He explains that each round will consist of a different challenge, such as cooking with exotic ingredients, blind tasting, or creating a dish based on a theme. The friends decide to participate, hoping to have some fun and maybe win some money. However, they soon realize that the competition is not as innocent as it seems, and that there are hidden rules and dangers that they are not aware of. I'm not impressed by that. No? No, I think it's I think it's very obvious. There's shades of maybe the menu about it. It's feeling a, a little bit maybe starting to be like glass onion, that kind of thing. Did you, know. did you ever watch, talking, talking of swingers, did you ever watch uh, Chef with yes. John Favreau? Yes, that's a, that's a really good Lots of people movie. have watched Chef. Have you ever seen a movie called Love and Sex? with John Favreau and Famke Jensen. No, but I know of it. I've seen bits of it, yes. Yeah, I quite like it. There's a there's a line in that where he sort of says, I love you, become so meaningless because you say it all the time. You might as well say, I cheese sandwich you. And then at the other end, you know, it's it's a callback. And I just re- remember always that from that film. I quite like yeah, it. Yeah, like Ghost and Ditto. It's a yes. callback at the end. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we're now moving on to our third section, which is higher stakes. Higher stakes. Uh, I'm going to let you have a stab at it, and then I have an idea if you're floundering. I am already floundering. So we have got Rupert, and I'm going to go with her actual name, Tilda, which is a great right. name for someone yeah. who runs a doll's house. So Rupert and Tilda are in this doll's house. He Maybe it should be her. older. Tilda's quite cool. Maybe it should be Hilda. Like Hilda. it. Rupert and Hilda. Let me write this down. Rupert. <laughs> Hilda. So they are in the Doll's House Museum and he is filming the museum. Maybe she had some footage of the museum that she wanted to give him, which could be even spliced in one of his videos that then become the film. I don't know. And then the higher stakes. Uh, let me let me see. What did you say about the higher stakes? Right. This is my idea for the higher stakes. Yes. Can agree or disagree. You can still have the refusal of the call. The complication is that she's asked him to come to her dollhouse to make this mini theater right it could be that he's then on his computer and we see the screen and he's searching for the dollhouse museum he finds her youtube channel he starts watching them and then within the comments she sees that there's um also comments from top chef number one and 
sort of saying, <laughs> I'm thinking about making a miniature kitchen because I'm doing a whole high street with like a movie theater and other things as well. Would you be interested in coming in consulting so I can get the right measurements? Uh, so he thought he was special. Yes. And it turns out that she's philandering with Top Chef number one as well. And looks at the comments and says, yes, I will be there. He realizes that if he doesn't go to see her, he may lose out to this chef person. Yes. And the chef person can be um, a dashing Hollywood billionaire. Actor. <laughs> a dashing billionaire. Um, somebody played by um, Bradley Cooper. I mean, he can be really handsome. He doesn't have to be. If you look at the billionaires, like Jez, Jeff Bezos is no oil painting. Cor- correct. He could be a Dan Balzerian character. Bezos, you've got Zuckerberg, you've got Gates, you know, you even had Jobs, right? These are all brilliant people, but you're not going to cross the room to buy them a, a drink unless um, unless you know how much they've got in their wallet, right? I love the way that we're we're rating some of the most successful men on the planet, um, downgrading them because of their looks. Um, Listen, I'm not going to downgrade anyone because of their looks, because I look the way that I do. I think that personality (laughs) is very, very important. I'm just saying they're not going to be winning beauty competition prizes outside of a game of Monopoly. No, but I tell you what I do like, though, is Bezos's... He, he, the way he's done himself up, and obviously Musk has got himself a hair transplant. Yeah, they've used they've used some of their money to, and and Zuckerberg is buffed now. He's absolutely stacked. Yeah, um, but they're doing as good as they can. What I'm saying is, you can cast a very interesting character actor in the billionaire role if you want to. Yes, all right, that's that's very true. Who do I like? Who's a, a great character actor? Oh, I really like, I really love Gary Oldman. You can have Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman then. Yeah, he's the billionaire. Gary Oldman playing the old man. The, uh, well, he's going to have to now, isn't he? But we can AI, AI him up, so he's he's, the, he's Gary Oldman from. Um... We're digitally de-aging Timothy Spall. We can exactly. digitally age Gary Oldman up. He's really a bit decrepit, if you want. I want him to be a peer of Rupert because the juxtaposition is Rupert is this okay isolated weirdo who works in a, this one room and. The exact opposite of his character, because obviously Rupert's flaw is that he's crippling social anxiety, whereas Gary Oldman is the exact opposite, and he's very gregarious and confident, and he makes lots of money, and he's very successful. Actually confident, or is he twitchy confident, like when he played the cop in Leon the Professional? He is. And who saw that movie? Everyone! Uh, Oh, no, I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's high on cocaine throughout all of it. Oh, is he? Okay. So all he's right. definitely confident. I don't know if that's kind of the confidence you want him to project. I think I've recently watched him in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. In fact, I recently rewatched that and I and it's one of that's one of my favourite films. It's such a great thriller and he's so amazingly good at it without doing much. Well, also like, you know, George Smiley, he's not the most dynamic character. I don't think our characters have to be that dynamic. I'd like to think this is a tiny bit of a low energy film. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Low energy with a big with a big message. Maybe we don't know that he's a billionaire yet. I right? like it. We just think he's a kitchen. He's a top shit. Even if you became a billionaire, right? If you were sort of socially awkward, you still might have your passions, right? His passions happen to be haute cuisine and dolls houses. So that, yes. you know, he quite likes interacting with people from the comments on YouTube and, and stuff like that because people interact with him 
based on his interests. They don't make assumptions of him because about his money and sort of stuff like that. So the connections he has through this and all of the videos that he does is just his hands cooking. You don't actually see his face oh, at all. Oh, I like it. He's almost, he's almost like a um, Bruce Wayne of YouTube cooking. No one really knows he's actually the billionaire. Yeah, because it's like Prince and the Pauper, right? So that people will view you for who you actually are rather than all of the money and the wealth and the status you have. Yes. All right. I like it. All right. Well, I guess that's that's our higher stakes, that suddenly a third person has been thrown into this love triangle, the the faceless hands of a confident Gary Oldman. Yes. See, it doesn't have to be aliens and guns and, you know, some of it can just be one man's hero's journey to become confident and get the girl. Yes. There we go. So I don't think the higher stakes, the AI, is going down the same route. As the competition progresses, the friends discover that the billionaire has a sinister motive behind his game. He is actually using them as guinea pigs for his secret project. He has laced some of the dishes with drugs, hormones, or toxins that affect the guests' moods, memories, and emotions. He is also manipulating the results and the feedback to create conflict and drama among them. He is recording everything with his cameras and streaming it online to a select audience of wealthy and powerful people who are betting on the outcome. That's good, actually. <laughs> that is annoyingly good. Well, um, again, you can see where it's drawn its inspirations from. The, the betting on the outcome, it's very Squid Game. It's very Squid Game slash Hunger, Hunger Games, isn't it? That type of... Or the Hungry Games. Battle Royale, almost, like, but with food and drugs. And also, it being on a yacht outside international waters, right? I guess that kind of makes sense for it as well. It's the kind of billionaire's playground thing that they would have. And actually, you can kind of sort of see that. There's a good reason to have all of the cameras because he's recording it for his experiments, but he's also live-streaming it to everybody as well. I can actually see it as a movie. Our high stakes is... um... A chef. <laughs> Maybe we're casting too big for it. Maybe we should do more of this like a play for today that's on BBC Two. Maybe it should be like populated by cast members of EastEnders and Emmerdale who just want to be able to do some serious drama for once. Absolutely. So Danny Dyer's Rupert and yeah. um, the chef is um, Shane. Well, da- Shane Danny Dyer as the, as the chef, as, as the Gary Oldman part, I would guess. As the confident chef. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, yeah. And then the the guy maybe, that played maybe the guy um, guy who played Lofty. <laughs> yeah, I can see a, I can see a, a <laughs> Lofty. Sanders in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say Ian Beale, but Lofty's even better. And then uh, yeah, and then the person that played Sonia as uh, as Hilda, Natalie Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, that's the low budget version, but I'd I'd, I'd like to it's stick fine. with Tim Tim Spall until Tim. It's all Tilda. superheroes these days. A character piece, a found footage character piece. I think you know it would attract the interest. This this would be their one for me projects, right? You know, you do the big one for the studio, and then you do the little indie for for me. I think this that's is right, a like one Kate for Winsley me did, project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Uh, let's move on to the next section then, which is the Dark Knight of the Soul. The Dark Knight of the Soul. So this is where we grind our main character down, where it seems that all is lost. Oh, I've got it. Yep. I've got it. Yep. He live streams or vlogs what he's doing, and he doesn't normally go outside of the studio, right? And he does because he then goes to see Hilda. He then obviously falls for Hilda, the... Higher stakes moment is where he sees this top chef guy talking to Hilda. And then he goes to the Dole's House Museum to 
speak to Hilda because he doesn't want her to meet this top chef guy. Yeah. And she's gone and there is a note on her door saying she's gone uh, on leave to some super yacht. I, she, okay. We'd have to work out why she'd write that on the door. But he basically, the top chef has taken her away. So that is the Dark Knight of the Soul where it already looks like he swept her away. And so he goes, he walks around, and then he sees her in a coffee mm, shop opposite yes. this person, and they're they're holding hands. They, he doesn't hear what's being said. There's a peck on the cheek afterwards. Maybe it being a dark night of the soul, that he's got um a rig on. So, like, you know, he's got the thing on his chest and the camera is there, so he's he's walking around and it's following him. And then he turns mm. around, or that he turns his camera around, that he's holding it in his hand, and because he wants to find out more about this guy, that he uh, he follows him. I like the idea that this is the tension in the film, where not only is he losing Hilda to um, Gary Oldman, but also you're not sure if he's about to do something psychopathic, like yeah, stave his head in from behind. I mean, you could take it even further. There's a picture of him getting into a really flash car with a vanity license plate and then it goes to a desktop it sort of freezes and then he drags that into google image search and because it is a vanity plate then it brings up all of this information about this guy and he finds out not only does he have a rival but his rival is a billionaire a reclusive billionaire that is a lovely bit of direction there yeah the the number plate and then him dragging dragging the window across to another monitor and opening yeah that's brilliant yeah you should you should do some sort of film podcast. I know. That kind of <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, a pretty dark night of the soul for Rupert here. The, what is the name of the rival, by the way? Is it like Max or something? <laughs> Max Power. Yeah. No, it's um. <laughs> Originally, um, it was Reginald Dwight, but he changed it to Max Power by Deed Pole. Yeah, no, I think um, I think it would have to be something very um, ordinary as well. Maybe his name is Max Dean... Light Switch. He's he's. <laughs> His, his grandfather invented the light invented. switch, and that's how he's got his billions. Yeah. So that's what Edison didn't think about. He invented the bulb, but he didn't invent the light switch. Yeah, exactly. so, um, <laughs> yeah that's why he never made billions. He only made millions. Okay, now let's go with Max. Maybe um, maybe he's Max not... Corning, because like nobody knows what Corning is, but they're a hugely successful company. They're the glass manufacturer that makes all of the glass for fiber optic cables and all of the gorilla glass that's on all of our smart devices. That's very good actually, but we could, we could maybe have it. Or like on the billionaires list in the UK, I don't know if they're on there anymore, but for ages, like always in the top 10 were the Tetra pack people. Remember when like milk cartons, you, they would be like made of cardboard and you'd open them into the, the funnel. Yeah. The people that invented that, it was called, it's called a Tetra pack made loads and loads of money because it was used for juices and milk and stuff like that all throughout the world. Can we call him Max Tetrapack? We can call him Max Tetrapack. <laughs> Why not? All right, good. There we go. We've got there. I'll, I'll write his name down. <laughs> uh, although he pronounced it uh, Trapakic. <laughs> Trapake. Yeah. yeah, something like that. No, that's great. Max Tetrapack, yeah. Because it's that's neither um, particularly glamorous, but it does sound like somebody might be rich. Yeah. Tetrapack, is that Russian? No, no. <laughs> we just changed the name of Dean Paul because we invented the Tetrapack. He doesn't even have to uh, invented that. He's um, independently wealthy through food. I don't yeah, know. Or, yeah. or maybe we call him Max Quadrapack because they're the people that <laughs> One better. 
one that buried yeah. the Tetra Pak people and then made even more money. Quadrapec. All right. <laughs> Quadrapec. All right. Max Quadrapec. Oh, God. That's. I don't like it. I don't like it. Tetra Pak's better. All right. Do you want to hear what the Dark Knight of the Soul was for the AI? It's going to be blindingly good, isn't it? Don't, don't, don't sell yourself short, okay? The friends begin to turn on each other as they succumb to the effects of the food and the pressure of the competition. They start to doubt their friendship, their loyalty, and their sanity. They uncover secrets and lies that they have kept from each other, such as affairs, betrayals, or crimes. They also learn that some of the other guests are not who they claim to be, and that they have ulterior motives or hidden agendas. They realize that they are trapped in a nightmare and that they have no way out. Uh, I mean, that's good. I'm not blown away. No, that's I mean, what happens when you use Bing. It's standard Hollywood fare. The mice realize they're in the trap, right? Correct. Yeah. It's all very sore, you know, where sort of things start. They start to turn on each other. Or um, the or the cube. I don't know if you've ever seen the cube. Yes. And hypercube. A, a great. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen hypercube. But the cube, obviously, when they suddenly realise that not only are they trapped in the cube and they're 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 like the the mice in the in in the maze, they are the experiment. But they also realise that they designed the cube themselves. All the different people that designed yeah. and engineers and things. So you're right; it is standard fare. Admittedly, Google Bard would have come up with something better, but um, we'll go with it. What I will do is after this is done, I will put the same prompts that I used for this into Google Bard so you can hear Google Bard's version of it. Right, okay. Spin for Your Life is a found footage thriller about a shy curator of the Ealing Dollhouse Museum who is invited to a mysterious event on a billionaire's super yacht. The guests are all from different walks of life, but they all have one thing in common. They are all very competitive. The guests are told that they will be participating in a food competition and the winner will receive a prize of $1 million. The competition is fierce, and the stakes get higher as the game progresses. The protagonist, Jane, is faced with a choice, either cheat to win or play fair and lose. Jane chooses to play fair and loses, but she learns a valuable lesson about standing up for herself and fighting for what she believes in. Okay. All right, it's quite an interesting experiment, actually, to see how much they vary. Um, so let's go on to the next section, which is getting it together. Yes. Getting it together. Our main character has been ground down. It seems that all is lost. He now has to have a plan of how he is going to win over Fair Hilda. Correct. We have three sections left in which to involve a fidget spinner. <laughs> oh, no, I forgot about the fidget spinner. Do you want to retcon Max Quadrapack to max fidget rather than the real story of the fidget spinner which is somebody invented it and didn't patent it properly and put the schematics out on the internet that actually they designed the fidget spinner did patent it properly so that every fidget spinner was sold they got money from it so he's a fidget spinner billionaire this is good yeah so he okay max Max Fidget. Yeah, does sound quite dodgy. What's your name? Max Fidget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I fidget to the max. So, um, you know what? I do like the fact he's called Tetra Pak, but we can just make him the inventor of the fidget spinner. Okay. So his surname, completely unrelated to his wealth, is Tetra Pak. (laughs) Correct. I just like the word. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would mean that there's less likelihood that the Tetra Pak billionaires would sue us because you know they've got the money to do it because it's just a name. It's not actually taking their life story and using it. It's not their family. It's not their DNA. It's just some other guy who also happens to be very clever. He invented the fidget spinner. As you said, he I didn't know that true story about the fidget spinner. That's a bit heartbreaking. Yeah. 
Catherine Hedinger is often credited as the inventor of the fidget spinner. She came up with the idea for the spinning toy back in 1993, but her original prototype was rejected by Hasbro. She filed a patent for her invention in 1997, but it expired in 2005 because she could not afford the renewal fee. Of course, that's not his passion. He just happened to make money from that. He's big into food is what his passion is. Yes. Is it that his passion is food? Is it that him being a billionaire, there's no way for him to be able to uh, uh, approach him and plead his case in front of Hilda, who he assumes is going to love him anyway, and that actually it has been in the newspapers that he is um, going to be taking part in a culinary competition that's open to all people to get access to Hilda and to Max. Rupert decides that he's going to apply for that cooking competition as well. Yes, and I guess the competition would have to be on a yacht. Is it that he's doing an invitational on his yacht, that it's his cooking competition? It is his cooking competition, yes. Okay, do we have a a montage? Has secretly one of our main character Rupert's skills at the time been that he... Because this is where they get their skills together. I have an idea. Well, it's very difficult because it's found footage, so... Well, it is, but because it's found footage, you can have all of the various steps that it goes through that would have been put up on YouTube. So we can do a montage of the found footage, right? So okay. almost like, you know, they do like a, a super cut of like the worst moments for it, or it's sort of like from zero to hero, Rupert's ascension on um, the Great Yacht Bake or whatever it is, right? And perhaps his thing is that he is very meticulous. You said he's like OCD, so that he, he we see his first attempts when he's trying to do it. He can follow recipes really well, but maybe he brings his love of cinema into it too. So what we see is a, a situation of like uh, meals and desserts and all of the rest of the things part of this cookie competition, but they're all directly inspired by films that he loves. Yes, or... or... He is able to make a certain meal or cake or whatever the cooking competition is because he's got, we said he's an archivist, he's got some archive footage of some old films of people making stuff. <laughs> I suppose so, but it's not like so badly. I found Julia Child's hidden tapes and suddenly I'm going to take the world by storm. You have to be sort of original, right? So maybe it's like, okay, this is a dessert based on the movie Fearless, right? And so what I'm going to do, there's the plane crash that happens at the beginning. And what I am doing is that I am taking a chocolate, I am molding it into the shape of the plane. I am placing it within a a molten ganache representing the sea and as the ganache is hot, the plane will gently melt into it, and I have um, little uh, crystalline people in the middle, and as the, the plane goes down, these crystalline people will rise to the surface, representing the pain crash. So it's actually like a whole scene from a film in motion through food, which blows people's minds. And he calls that one Death by Chocolate. Uh, very good. I can't look. I'm struggling for a way out here, and you've just come up with something which is actually quite supreme. So let's go with this. Okay. His, his I, plan, I need your guidance. His plan is that he's going to win his way onto the yacht, 
so that he can uh, finally come face to face with Hilda, even though he became so close before, even though she was in the cafe. He is such an OCD person that he is set in his mind that this is the only way that he can do things. Yes, I think that's good. And there's lots of footage live streaming of him attempting this dish. Yeah, it brings in his skills of film. It brings in his attention to detail. Like, you don't actually sort of see something that replicates the motion of a, a, a scene from a film, right? In the dessert. I love it. That's a stroke of genius. AI didn't come up with that, did, did they? <laughs> uh, right. I don't know why I'm so, I'm so down on AI. It's like I'm, I'm in competition with it. Well, let's see what sucky idea the AI came up with for getting it together. The friends decide to band together and fight back against the billionaire and his assistant. They use their skills and knowledge as curators to find clues and evidence that can expose his scheme and stop his project. They also use their creativity and resourcefulness to sabotage his plans and escape his traps. They discover that the fidget spinner is actually a key device that controls the yacht's systems and security. They manage to steal it from the assistant and use it to their advantage. It's a bit trite, isn't it? I, I, it, I mean, I like the way they brought the fidget spinner in, but other than that, it's a bit like... Ah, I mean, also, using their ability as curators to find evidence, I guess... But like, <laughs> yeah, it would have been better if they'd used their dollhouse experience to create a small version of the chip from the evidence they'd got so that they could work out how to get places using their, yes, their dollhouse knowledge. But there we are. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, that's what they did. The AI just didn't explain it in time. So let's move on to the next section, which is our finale. Finale. It is the day we are on the billionaire's yacht. We have lots of found footage things that we can do. We've got cameras everywhere uh, that we can cut backwards and forwards so we can see whatever we want. It is opened up creatively. What's going to happen? I can't work out whether Max is going to be part of the competition or whether he's going to just be running the competition. Um, I mean, I guess if it's on his yacht, for him to be part of the competition would be... Weird. Yeah. And I suppose it's also nice because we're all used to things like MasterChef or... Bake Off. Right, where you have the person approach the judges and then you have that face-off between them for dramatic tension. So I think having him as as a judge, because he's organising the competition... Yeah, he's like a Paul Hollywood character. Yeah. Yes. I think the idea is... If we were doing our budget version, maybe he would be played by Greg Wallace. (laughs) <laughs> he was <laughs> that's right yeah and the and the expensive version he's played by uh paul hollywood um no gary oldman uh, so, in our expensive version. well no i know but yeah. i mean uh, gary oldman's just one up from greg wallace is what i was thinking oh, okay well we can have um, greg wallace as the other host right greg wallace can be a cameo in this film because yeah. everyone would like to see greg wallace as a in in a film listen i would either version we try and get paul hollywood and greg wallace on the same judging panel together that's like uh a travelling Wilburys of um, food judges in the UK. Add Lloyd Grossman and, and we're done. Yeah, that's right. I like I like it. Um, okay, so, well, it would have to be uh, the finale is him struggling to make his dish. He makes his dish. Um, I think at this point we, we haven't worked out whether Max knows who Rupert is. At the moment, we're not necessarily sure what Rupert's motives are, right? He could, he, he, he could notice that... Rupert seems to have an unhealthy obsession with him, but he's not sure why. I think he more notices that Rupert has an unhealthy obsession with Hilda. Right. And he has also got his eye on So is he dating Hilda now? 
courting. I, I wouldn't think they've so done anything, he, but he's, he's, he's invited her. her on the yacht. Is there? Is he? Her, yes. Is there like the top table? Is she there as well, or at least behind the scenes, so that she's with him a lot of the time? So her and Max are yes. seen together. Yeah. See, this is very Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where the Sheriff of Nottingham is with. Marion. I can't remember her name. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Marion, made Marion, but also isn't really. He's just trying to marry her. Yeah. Uh, slash uh, sexually assault her, actually, but that's another bit of the I, film. I, I, um, I don't think we need to have that in our cosy little movie set on a billionaire's yacht with no, 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 televised cooking competition. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, but the point is, um, I think the idea is the, the protagonist is going to be uh, Rupert and the antagonist is going to be Max. Therefore, um, they haven't. They're, 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 he's just wooing her with his ridiculous money and being um, very gregarious. Uh, gregarious, sorry. And I think what, um, we, he, what we haven't done necessarily is figured Hilda into all of this, right? No, you're right. This is very. Um, this is very much failing the what's Listen, it called the the special test. Well, no, no. We can we can retcon because we have to have. I think the situation where perhaps she has to make a choice. We have been very following him, so that it's an obsession. It could either be that it's kind of like single white female from the single white female's perspective, where he's had this obsession with this girl and this chef, and he's like a little bit divorced from reality because he's socially maladjusted, and maybe that you you twist it so that he ends up killing the billionaire or something if you want to. I was going to say at the end, I think... What would be good is if he brings his ganache chocolate, death by chocolate dish up, he wows the judges with it. Turns out that there are little cyanide people in it this time. Well, no, I was actually going to say that it turns out that he doesn't win. There's, There's two ways that you can go, right? You can go with a big sort of surprise ending that this is all of the fantasy that he's concocted for himself that you kind of american psycho it right or, yeah tiny 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 bit too lame or you retcon things so that actually he has been developing a relationship with hilda but she's torn between the two of them and has seemed to have chosen the other guy he wants to plead his case that it's like a genuine romantic story and then she has to make a choice no i like the fact that the film is meant to be ostensibly looks like a romantic will he get the girl film but ultimately he's actually obsessed with max what's he called tetrapack yeah and at the end he's on that yacht and partaking in that um, competition not to get hilda but hilda the whole time was just a vehicle to get close to max so he he can kill him it doesn't even have to be that, right? We're thinking two big stakes, two Hollywood stakes. The AI has We are, us. we've gone... Yes, it is, it is. It's Why don't we just... Let's have the conclusion that it goes up, he's one of the finalists, and then he comes in third place, right? And then Hilda goes, oh, well, yeah, I, I recognise you. I, I, I don't. You never responded to me, so I don't think you saw it, but I asked if you wanted to do a, a projection thing. You're cooking now. That is amazing. I didn't even know that you cook, and you have come on your first try in any of these things at third place on a national competition. I've got to go and, and speak to my boyfriend now, but you know it would be lovely to catch up again when we're both back in Ealing. 
I'll send you a message. Mm. He doesn't get the girl, but he does realise that actually he has gone out. He's been on TV. He's addressed his fatal flaw. Yes, correct. He has addressed his fatal flaw. Our cute little cosy movie is that he doesn't win, he doesn't get the girl, but he gets a, a newfound sense of peace and purpose. Can't believe we've just removed murder from it completely, but I think you're right. If it's the film that we thought it was all along, then ultimately it's just about one man's battle against his own social It's more like Fisherman's fears. Friends, right? You know, or... Um... That one with Rob Brydon, where they're uh, synchronised swimmers, you know. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. A nice little cosy movie about film and cooking. Yeah, why not? Why not? I like films like this because it doesn't always have to be, like I said, about guns and bad guys and good guys. Sometimes it can just be about the human condition and and, and a lot of people would relate to it. Yeah, there we go. So the not small-scale drama finale for the eye is this. The friends confront the billionaire. He is actually a former curator of the Ealing Dollhouse Museum who was fired for stealing and selling rare artifacts. <laughs> he has been plotting his revenge to destroy the museum and everyone associated with it. He has rigged his yacht with explosives that will detonate when he wins the final round of the competition, which involves creating a miniature replica of the museum using edible materials. He challenges the friends to beat him in this round, or else they will all die. A, we- a weird kind of... Dog leg bit of logic at the end there. Fired from selling artifacts at a doll's house museum to billionaire. How rare were these artifacts? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I think it struggled to tie it all together. Um, and we have too, but I would I would actually say that we've done a better For job it being of tying it. A competition tying where they're a curator of a doll's house museum, and the final cooking challenge being that they have to make a little edible dollhouse version of the dollhouse museum. I quite like. Yeah, but the dog leg, the twist, the the chess move at the end, you know, the knight's move, which is like weird. This is, is what, this is what we die. stepped back from. <laughs> we, we did, thought, we resisted it. We resisted it. We thought murder, we thought happy ending, and we thought, no, a little, a little downbeat ending that's good enough for us. It doesn't always have to be explosions. Yes, correct. The the AI ate the marshmallow, and we resisted. Yes. That's what's happened there. Yeah. So let's move on to the last section, which is final image. Final image. Which I think you have now a clear idea of what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> I've had no clear ideas this entire podcast, but what I would say is his studio at the beginning, or or throughout the film, can be. Uh, quite dark, quite solitary, um, and it's just lighter and more breezy. And like I said, instead of having an assistant every now and again just turning up, pushing in something, not speaking, he has a chat with them. They're part of the stream. He's just more gregarious because he's come out of his shell. Maybe he's changed his YouTube channel so that he's now doing a variety of dishes all based on this idea of um, recreating scenes from movies, right? That's an even better idea. Glenn, you, you, every time you just, you, you go, that's a good idea, but here's the real idea. I think that's actually better. Maybe there's like a, a dessert that he makes, which is like made of like white chocolate and Oreo cookies and things like that. And there's just one little strawberry in the middle to represent that scene from Schindler's List. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether you want to be reminded of Schindler's List as, the, as your closing scene. But, I was um, just thinking of, uh, you know, an image that you could use. I, I like the callback, yeah, I like the callback, though, of, of Red in art house films. All right, come up with a better tool, then. 
come up with a better food uh, a food scene dessert that he can showcase on his channel. Speed two, because that's got a yacht in it. <laughs> Does it blow up or does it just go really fast? Or as uh, to just accidentally end Jason Patrick's career after <laughs> it can blow up because it's um a box office ice cream bomb. Why am I sort of thinking of like really terrible serious Steven Spielberg movies. I was sort of thinking, do an Omaha beach scene from like Saving Private Ryan, where you basically have like what looks like textured sand. It's like crumbled cookies, but it's got um, pop rocks underneath the surface. But you pour some Coke in it so it looks like the surf. As it hits the (laughs) the pop rocks, they like explode on the beach, like the mine's going off. Yeah, it's not the nice ending Again, it, I mean, we've gone, either, we've gone from either the Holocaust or a, a, I think a there's something beach. interesting about horrific images taken down to a dish. I was just thinking, what can you animate <laughs> with food, right? Yeah, okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that. He's still Rupert's still got a dark side. Let's go with that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's see what the uh, AI had for their final image. The friends accept the challenge and use their teamwork and talent to create an impressive replica of the museum. They also manage to sneak some of the explosives into their replica and detonate them when they present it to the billionaire. The explosion causes a chain reaction that sets off all the other explosives on the yacht. The friends escape on a lifeboat just in time before the yacht sinks into the ocean. They hug each other and celebrate their survival and their victory. They vow to never eat anything again without checking it first. I mean, a good life lesson for us all there, I think. That, uh, okay, uh, yeah, that was... Rubbish. Yes, it was rubbish. It's, I know, I, I, pulled, I pulled back from a swear word there. I guess it tried to squeeze too much in. I think it had too much for the finale and thought, I've got an extra paragraph, let's put the rest of the detail there. It, no real sort of like resolution. The billionaire blows up and they decide that they're not ever going to eat anything they don't check first, which is good advice for everyone. That's the moral of the story. Check your food before you eat it. That, that should be the tagline of the film. Yeah. Of that film. Uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty poor. It, AI is not going to be uh, taking over no. our jobs anytime soon. Started strong and then went very, very rote. Lost it. Yeah. Completely lost it, yeah. Um, it did come up with a title and a tagline, and I will tell you what they are, um, and you will have to try and come up with an idea for your title and tagline. The title is The Last Supper. <laughs> and the tagline is some secrets are better left buried does not appear to have anything to do with anything in the movie whatsoever they confessed to secrets that they had when they were poisoned i would have expected more of like there to be a food pun or a boat pun or even something like that within there but there you go yeah rubbish um again shrubbish so what would you like to call your movie i would like to allude to the fact that he's a streamer so um twitchcraft <laughs> i was <laughs> that's very good i was trying to come up with a pun on uh, streaming like screaming or or scream or stream uh let's just call it streaming okay uh the streamer day streams as in it rather than daydreams yeah 
sounds too nicey. I think the streamer sounds more. It is um, quite a nicey film. It's a fisherman's friends. You know what I mean? It is, but it's also very, very. I always, I get the impression it's very um, sepia. It's very uh, downplayed, and it's not big bright colours. It's very, it, it's, it's um, very low key. I mean, I was going to say death by chocolate, and then we entirely removed the death element, so that makes no sense. We can just yeah, call it streaming. Uh, That's fine. It's streaming. S- streaming. <laughs> streaming. Um, and the tagline? Um, he streams 24 hours a day. Shame he doesn't live any of them. Oh, that's that's very good. That's very good. Um, uh, in uh, On a yacht, no one can hear you stream. <laughs> no, I think your one was, was great, actually. It summed it up very All well. All right, so we have streaming versus The Last Supper. And, and that's our movie. Um, and thank you uh, very much. I hope you had fun. I did. I found it very stressful. Okay. <laughs> we got it in the end. You know, we got it in. You were a great help. At, I was floundering. At the end of the day, did we make a movie that you would like to see? I think that's the, the earmark of it. I think I would. And I, I, I would like to say that I realised that Rupert and the journey he goes through is actually quite similar to the journey Ethan Hawke goes through in Dead Poet Society. Right. Yeah, I re- I realise I've, I've I've subconsciously done that. I, but a film about someone coming out there. But then it, it it's the kind of film that you like, and that's the ultimate aim of this podcast, right? Um, create art we like as a reflection of the person that creates it. What well, what more can you ask? That's something the AI can't do. All that remains is uh, if you've got uh, social media channels or people to follow you or anything coming up, um, let me know here. Yes, I am a comedian. I have been gigging for quite a few years now, and um, you can follow me on Jamie Jackson ATI. So Jamie Jackson Atty. Yep. On all of the socials. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes as well as all of the uh, the comedy cat things for you to follow. And if you would like to see uh, Jamie and me and other comedians, uh, we have free comedy every Saturday at the Beer Cat in Ealing Broadway uh, from 7.30. Please come and join us and listen again uh, next time. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.